Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Valhalla Cast. This is Coach Jake from Valhalla Barbell Club out of Lafayette, Colorado. Today, for the first time, uh, for those of you who are listening to this, we actually are recording the episode. We're going to be putting it on our Instagram TV account since we don't have anything up there yet. So why not start off with the podcast? Waving hi to everybody on the video. Today, we're going to kind of recap what happened at the North Carolina State Championships over the weekend, um, how Butcher Barbell did. And then uh, we're going to talk about another topic that kind of popped into my mind as I was sitting there watching some of the youth athletes compete on um, Sunday morning. So uh, first off, so I, uh, I'm the head coach of Valhalla Barbell Club, but I'm also still a member of Butcher Barbell. Um, for those of you who don't know uh, what Butcher Barbell is, Butcher Barbell was a club that was started out here in Colorado until the head coach of the club moved to North Carolina, uh, back to North Carolina. So um, still being a member of that club and with the club being a North Carolina LWC, I am allowed to compete in the North Carolina State Championships, even though I do not live in the state of um, North Carolina. So I traveled, uh, let me think, I left Friday night. My flight was at 11.55 p.m. It took off, and then I got into North Carolina at uh, 4.45 a.m. I sat at the airport in Charlotte and waited for a little bit. Uh, my athlete, Barry Lewis, was flying in uh, about an hour and a half behind me, so we sat, we had breakfast, and then we headed to the venue. Uh, the venue was uh, Stax Strength Conditioning, which is a gym located in Charlotte, it is a, uh, from what I could tell, kind of a CrossFit weightlifting uh, hybrid. And on the backside of the building, they have some other cool things such as a yoga studio or a um, cycling place as well. So, uh, and then I think even behind that, they had like a, a soccer stadium, which was kind of interesting. I didn't notice that until the last day I was there. So um, first athlete we had compete on the weekend for the club was Kate Meyer. Uh, Kate has just turned a master's athlete. Um, she overall had a really, really good performance and it, uh, her lifting went well enough to garner her the gold and the uh, title of state champion in her weight and each category is a master's. So congratulations, Kate, you did a really good uh, job. It was nice to finally meet you. Um, let me see, let me see her. Kate, um, Kate has a thing about her last name being pronounced correctly. So Kate Meyer, I believe is correct. Not Kate Mayer, like uh, the sister of John Mayer. That's actually her name. I don't know. Um, following that, we had, um, I believe we had, it was either Olga or Chelsea. I can't remember the order of this because we can get kind of blurry on me. Uh, but we'll talk about Olga real quick. Um, Olga has been training really hard for this meet. Uh, I've seen some of her videos. If you guys haven't checked her out yet on social media, check her out at Olga Pisarski on Instagram. Um, she is not quite masters yet. She's kind of getting towards that territory, but she's got some time. So she's still competing as a senior athlete and she did really, really well in this meet. I think it's just the best I've ever seen her lift, uh, which is surprising because Due to um, a small counting error and then sometimes the clock between sessions uh, being short or even non-existent, um, her very experienced coaches made mistakes and ended up having to push her through her warm-up pretty fast, but she ended up handling it really, really well. And um, she came out and 
crushed her snatches. She did really well there. And then clean and jerks. Uh, she came out and did really well in those, uh, as well. She was unfortunately the only athlete of the butcher barbell group this weekend to not medal, but it does not take into account the amount of work she put in and, uh, how well she performed this meet. Cause this is the best I've ever seen her. Um, I've ever seen her compete. So congratulations, Olga. Uh, we get to work with, uh, Chelsea as well. Chelsea Witten. I think she's, um, she's a newer athlete for butcher. I had not met her before either. So it was kind of my first meet working with her and she also had a fantastic meet. Um, I think she needs to stay with the sport. She's got a lot of potential and it was fun to watch her move, uh, over the weekend. Um, following that we had Megan Doss, who is a Colorado local as well. She lives up in Fort Collins. Um, she comes down every now and then to see us at Valhalla, uh, maybe once a month if she can, depending on how busy her work schedule is and if she's traveling or not. Um, but this was <clears throat> kind of a really big comeback meet for, for Meg because she had shoulder, shoulder surgery. Uh, last year and she competed in one of their meets since then she competed at the front range meet and she did pretty well, but this was kind of her, uh, meet that she was targeting throughout the year, her and Steven. So, um, Meg, Meg's meet didn't go perfectly either. There was some stuff that happened in the warm up as well that kind of, uh, challenged her and pushed her a little bit. She ended up missing her first two clean and jerks. Um, but what we really liked to see in Meg was that she had some grit and determination and she actually came back and pushed through and hit her third clean and jerk attempt without, uh, too much of an issue. So congratulations, Meg. Meg became the state champion, um, in the, um, in the, <clears throat> I think the, the 87, is that the category now? 87 plus or something like that. She's the state champion there. Uh, so congratulations, Meg. Um, we move on to Sunday. Barry was the first male athlete we had to lift. Barry is our oldest lifter on the team. He is 75 years old. Um, and Barry, in my opinion, had the best week of the weekend. Barry went six for six. He had all of his lifts and, uh, the cool part for me is that he was three for three on snatches, which doesn't happen often. So a uh, very good job, Barry. I'm, I'm really proud of you. Um, we have a couple more meets or maybe one more meet this year where he's going to be attending. He'll be going to the, um, the now named Howard Cohen American masters event, which will be, uh, held in Salt Lake city. For those of you who can't see me on the video, um, I'm shaking my head a little bit. I just think it's ridiculous that I, I love Howard Cohen, but it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I have, a, we'll do a whole different podcast on the name thing. I think I actually did. It's probably there somewhere, but, um, and then uh, we get to my session. I, uh, I was pretty close on weight. I mean, when I, when I woke up the next morning or woke up on Sunday morning to coach Barry, um, I think just due to travel and a little bit of a lack of sleep and just, you know, not, uh, getting those things that I'm used to getting when I compete. Uh, the one, the one advantage I had going into Vegas is I had, I got there on Thursday and had a few days to adjust here. I had a, I flew in really early Saturday morning and had to go Sunday. So, um, I was a little over on weight following Barry's session. So I sat and I spit a little bit, but I didn't have to do sauna or anything like that. I'm pretty good with my nutrition. Uh, it's been pretty good and consistent for the last few months. I think some of you have seen that. Um, and then, uh, I went out and I went two for three on snatch. Uh, the third snatch was right there. All the snatches felt really easy that day. Third, I just rushed it. 
and I got up, I got out of position and, um, I raced my hips under the bar to try and finish and it just did not uh, go well. I almost got, just got crushed by the bar, which is kind of funny if you watch the video. Um, and then I went into clean and jerk and this is the best my clean and jerk has felt. Uh, so I'm going to give credit to Steven, uh, butcher, my coach for that. Cause he's done a really good job with programming and managing, uh, my, my lifting and my volume during my peaks. Cause I had to go to Vegas and then back to back, uh, to North Carolina, which was like two or three weeks later. So, um, thank you for that, Steven. I think the, the clean on my final one, my one thirty is the best that I've had over one twenty five in a very long time. And the jerk, I, uh, even though it, the clean felt easy on one thirty, I think I was a little fatigued just from the travel of the weekend and, um, having a spit to get down to weight and all that stuff. And, not usually an excuse, but I'm going to take it as one because the clean felt, um, clean looks so damn good. So I'm just going to, you know, say that, uh, that was why I missed the jerk, but we're going to move into some GPP stuff here. We're sliding into that nice and easy just to work on some, uh, issues that I've been having. Uh, we're going to develop some strength in certain areas and I'll, uh, try and share as much of that as I can. And, um, so you guys can kind of watch that progress and see what we're doing in the off season. Um, then we had Steven and Steven, um, he's always fun to watch. He definitely is one of the most, uh, lift. He's one of the lifters that gets the most hype before he lifts. And I actually, I really appreciate that because a lot of times people try and treat the competition platform like it's a church. And this, this is not how I view it should be. I mean, you should have fun. You should be loud. You should be, you know, take pride in what you're doing and have fun. So, um, Steven ended up going three for three on his snatches. This is the best his snatches looked in probably a year. So we're starting to figure some stuff out. He's doing a really good job of this program. Um, and then clean and jerk did not go so well, but we were trying to figure out where he needed to go to, to get best lifter for the weekend. And uh, we also made the decision on his second clean and jerk. He, he hit his first one. He basically won the state title on his first clean and jerk. And then we went for the second. We were going to go, uh, 160 to try and get him qualified for the AO final in December. Uh, but you know, the, uh, the jerk just wasn't there. Um, and then we, we had an error with, with, uh, changes and counting and trying to buy him a little bit of time. So he ended up going a little bit heavier and we decided to take a crack at his all time PR once, uh, it would have, would have been an all time PR at 162. So, um, the clean on his final clean jerk was beautiful because I think it was the, the best clean I've seen him hit in a long time. So like I said, we're finally starting to get back to where he was a couple of years ago and he was in Colorado. Um, the jerk, like I said, just wasn't there, but he's going to come back. He's going to make that hopefully, uh, next year. He's, he's definitely not done yet, even though he's getting a little bit older. Um, he's got more in the tank, which we kind of took from the weekend, uh, after we sat down and talked about it over dinner on Sunday night. So, um, he's going to stay with it. Hopefully you'll see more from him. And then, so, okay. So like 10 minute recap on the weekend. I think it was a good weekend overall. I love competing in North Carolina because um, it kind of exposes me to a different group of people and it shows me what the North Carolina weightlifting community is like and what the Colorado weightlifting community is like. And um, in terms of talent, both of these groups are very, very talented. Colorado has a lot of good lifters uh, within the community. A lot of smaller local clubs have some really good athletes uh, just like they do in North Carolina. The one difference I will say, though, and I'm probably going to get a uh, kick for this because I live in Colorado and I coach in Colorado. Um, in my opinion, the North Carolina community is a better weightlifting community. And it's just from the standpoint uh, that I think a couple of years ago we had it getting started here. And then uh, 
shit went sideways and a lot of the clubs have changed since then. Um, but getting to talk to Walt Neubauer who runs uh, Wilmington weightlifting club out of uh, Wilmington, North Carolina and kind of seeing just how the coaches and the athletes interact with each other is more along the lines of what I want Colorado to be like, just because I believe that's how it should be because we're all in the sport uh, of weightlifting for the United States. And yes, we're competitive. Yes. We want to win. Yes. We want to beat other clubs, but at the same time, we, um, we're all kind of striving for the same goal. So we should have a little bit of common ground there and be a little more friendly than a lot of the local clubs are. Um, that what I'm saying there is that in the state of Colorado, things between clubs, uh, local clubs, at least here tend to be more competitive. Coaches like to play games when they're counting. Uh, they like to remove two minute clocks from athletes, um, on other teams, uh, just to try and get their athletes some more time or even give their athlete the advantage. I understand this. There's strategy behind it. Uh, but when I was in North Carolina, I did not see this once. I even saw conversations happening between coaches of different clubs whose athletes were very close to either winning first or second, have the conversation uh, where one coach would be like, hey, does your guy need more time? I can wait on my guy to give him the change. Um, I love this. It shows community. It shows um, sportsmanship. I think we're all out for the same thing. And help. what that does is, in my opinion, it puts the pressure on the athlete to be a good athlete to make their lifts. It does not how do I want to say this? It does it it, it it does not allow the coach to show the other coach how big his dick is when he's trying to, you know, make some uh, play some games during the counting. And I just think there's there's also a common courtesy there, like especially when we're sharing platforms in the back. Um, everybody's like, Hey, can I have you guy hop on here? Well, no, I have three, but Hey, you can hop on that platform over there. My buddy over there has another guy that's not, you know, lifting during the session and they only have one athlete. Um, I just really like that community feel. And I think that, uh, Colorado is pretty, pretty, uh, low on the scale in terms of having that compared to North Carolina. So something for Colorado to strive for, for all of you in the Colorado lifting community to strive for, don't be an asshole to other coaches and other athletes to meet. We're all there for the same thing. And we want to be a strong weightlifting community and competing with each other and tearing each other down only pulls down the Colorado community in comparison to other states and their way the communities as well. So I'm off my soapbox now. That was 15 minutes. I don't even know if we're still recording. I hope we are. Um, uh, in the, in the video format, we're still in the audio format here. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is I want to touch on uh, this idea that I had over the weekend, getting to watch the first sessions of the, of the males on Sunday morning in North Carolina. And um, it, it's all tied into this book that I just finished reading from Matthew Walker, who's a sleep specialist. And he talks about circadian rhythm and um, how it changes over the course of our lifespan. So younger people, um, let's say toddlers on up through the uh, um, early adolescence, tend to fall asleep earlier and get up sooner in the morning than their older counterparts. So say they go to bed by eight and they're up by six or they're, they're something similar to that. They're, they're sleeping a lot, but they're going to bed earlier and they're waking up sooner. Um, with the more, the senior population of athletes, let's say from like adolescence up through 
Um, well, let's, let's actually say, yeah. So about, about 20 on up through like 35 or 40. I don't know. I don't know. It depends on, uh, hormone levels and each athlete is different, but the, this is the group where it kind of shifts and, um, the, the athletes tend to sleep a little bit later. They go to sleep later, say 10, 11 o'clock and they get up a little bit later too. Um, but if you're in the professional realm, you're kind of fighting this and that's often why a lot of you feel like crap when you wake up earlier in the morning, but, um, Hi, uh, Roseanne just walked in. Hold on one second. I got you coffee. You want coffee? Do I? Yeah. No. Are you I'm kidding? Really excited because I my husband texted me and when I left for my appointment, he's like, "You left your coffee at the table." Oh. Okay. Now I got coffee. There's a little bit of cream in there, but well, I don't know. I got it for you. No, I'm recording and I'm recording video, so you're a part of this, which is great. Sorry. You fine. <laughs> are you testing anybody? Rosanna is our hydrostatic uh, body fat tester that's on site, and she's also working with the nutrition program at our facility as well. So, not yet. Okay. Well, good luck. Have fun. I'll come down a little bit. Okay. Um, and then the uh, the older the population gets, when we get into more of the, the senior level, sorry, not uh, not actually senior, but the master level category is where the athletes tend to flip back to that earlier. Uh, youthful strategy of going to bed early and getting up really early as well. So my theory is would those athletes in the youth category or the master's category do better or compete better if they were moved to a different time slot on the weekend. If you've ever been to a local meet in Colorado and even uh, this carries true for North Carolina because I found this when I was down there, the athletes, um, the senior level athletes, like the, the older, older guys were competing in um, – the very, the very early session, they were probably like one of the first sessions of the day, uh, say 7 a.m. weigh in and nine, uh, lift at nine. Um, and then the, the youth athletes were like right after them or in between uh, their session and another, uh, like the third session or something like that. So what I'm saying is, is because REM sleep doesn't tend to hit until the early morning when we're trying to sleep. Um, if we're pushing youth athletes to get up really, really early to come weigh in and um, check their check their weight and then lift, are we are we are we kind of taking away their ability? Kilo, our gym dog is being a little pain in the ass. Um, hey, chill out. So are we are we robbing them from that that developmental and body recovery sleep? of uh, the, the later morning REM sleep by having them compete early in the morning. And would it be beneficial to them to sleep a little bit later and then go towards the mid after uh, the mid morning and then move those uh, older athletes who still need that sleep um, to the, the morning time slot before the youth lifters. It's just a thought. Um, I want you guys to kind of comment on that towards the end of the podcast. Cause I'm about done here. I think I'm out of time on my video. It's probably way too long. Um, but yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm going to get another podcast out this week. This is the first one of the week. I just wanted to touch base on what happened in North Carolina. And um, upcoming this weekend, we just have a few events. On Saturday, we have our fall uh, front range max prep out, whatever the hell you want to call it, day on Saturday. And that's going to be from noon until 2.30 or 3. Everybody is welcome to come to that. It's free. It is a community event. Uh, we're going to encourage everyone to come and either hit their openers for front range or do some preparatory work for that which is the meet that's going to be happening the following weekend. Um, I will be probably coaching on that Sunday, um, the following weekend if they still need me. 
So I will be in the building. So hopefully you guys will see me there um, and I can say hi to you guys. And then um, what else do we have? We're going to be running a team practice upcoming in the month of October here on a Friday night. Um, it's going to be a, a heavy session. So for those of you that really, really um, like lifting in a competitive atmosphere with a lot of athletes that, that will push you, um, you're welcome to come to the team session. You just have to let me know ahead of time to make sure that you actually have room um, because the room should be full on that evening. So, um, yep. And then for any other content, visit our Instagram page at Valhalla Barbell underscore. You can visit my, my coach's page at coach Jake underscore, or even my personal pages for, for really stupid shit or training videos, uh, at Jake Sterney, S T E R N Y. And then we're also on Facebook and you can email me as well at Jake at Valhalla dash barbell.com. Um, I have just retooled my schedule for the rest of the year since my training is going to get a little bit lighter here. And then, uh, it's not going to take up a, a, a massive amount of my time like it was. So I'm able to do more private sessions. So if you guys are interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, um, I have a lot of experience as a coach. I've worked with local national and international level athletes. So please hit me up. If you guys are having issues with your lifting, I'd be happy to do a private one-on-one -on -one session with you to get you guys uh, fixed. So you're not continuing to beat your head against the wall for the foreseeable future. Um, that is going to be it for me. This has been coach Jake from Valhalla Barbell Club out of Lafayette, Colorado. Um, thank you guys for listening. And as always, share our content, give us a like, hit us up, have a fantastic day and a fantastic week. I hope to see you on Friday.